is a world This is a world premiere. This is a world premiere. I done been through a whole lot Trial, tribulation, but I know God Satan wanna put me in a bow tie Pray that the holy water don't go dry, yeah, yeah As I look around me So many motherfuckers wanna tell me But they don't be gon' never drown me In front of a dirty double mirror, they fell me And I love myself The world is a ghetto, we guns and dickies Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Beats, Brews, and Points of View podcast. I'm your host, Neil Richter, along with my partner in podcasting to my right, E-Man Bates. PIP. What's going on, my friend? How you doing, man? Pretty good, my friend. I am good. I got a couple birthdays. One of them was the reason we started the show uh, with Kendrick Lamar I. Gemini. Him and Tupac had, I think they shared the same birthday, actually, but both of them were last week. Um, So happy birthday to them. I think Kendrick's 32. Tupac would have been 48. And Paul McCartney's birthday was also last week, and he just turned 77. So uh, a bunch of music legends, in my opinion, uh, had birthdays. My so. second favorite Beatle. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's my uh, actually, George Harrison's number one, bro. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if Harrison or Lennon would be my second favorite. That's a toss up. I mean, uh, Paul or Lennon. George is my favorite, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's a good, good question. But then also, I wanted to say Happy Juneteenth to everyone out there because that is today. And I was going to explain it just myself off the top, but there's this lovely little one-minute video by The Roots, who I figured could probably do a little bit better than I can. So here's a little clip of The Roots. Uh, They're kind of like a schoolhouse rock video they made for uh, YouTube about Juneteenth. So here's that for you. Proclamation was passed in 1863. Why weren't you free until 1865? Well, it took two years for the Civil War to end. Oh, so you were free when the war ended. Nah, not for two more months because Texas landowners wanted another harvest. That's not cool. None of it was cool. But an army ship arrived on June 19th, 1865 and announced we were free. That's why we celebrate Juneteenth. I am a slave and the home of the brave, a product of the triangular tree. Shoot. Oh, gotta watch the court, bro. <laughs> yeah, <I> pardon <laughs> my ways. If I'm nervous or the slightest bit skittish in the presence of the Portuguese, Spanish, Dutch, or British, they kept me in colonial chains. Tell me how to persuade them to chill or to save me if still I'm a slave. Is it? Mm-hmm. 
Tariq. <laughs> so that's a, that's a little video of the Roots uh, Quest Love Tariq. and Black Thought put together about Juneteenth. So happy Juneteenth to everyone. So, uh, E-Man, you want to introduce our guest tonight? Yes, I am. So this is honestly a blast from the past to me. Uh, Rod Wallace, who actually was my mid- elementary school teacher and my principal in middle school. That's crazy. Assistant principal, but still kind of. Yeah, no, right? Now he's a grown man. I know. I'm so old. So weird, right? (laughs) Strange, (laughs) man. It's always strange. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming. You came, man. Oh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we were discussing a little bit about what he's got going on uh, before you got here, E-Man, upstairs, and I'm uh, really excited for this episode now because it seems like he's got a pretty cool method that he's working on about uh, teaching kids, but I'll, I'll kick it over to you to explain that a little bit, what you got going on with Grove and Eastern and everything like that. Okay. So, uh, I, again, my name is Rob Wallace. Uh, I'm originally from Flint, Michigan. Um, I did my undergrad at Eastern many, many moons ago. I became a teacher. While I was a teacher, I went to Recording Institute of Detroit and learned how to engineer at least in an analog way. Um, and I found that I could employ some of the things that were that I was involved in in music um, in my classroom. So I began to utilize those things pretty regularly. Um, the entire time that I was teaching, I was uh, a friend of mine, my, myself and a friend of mine named Mike Notes, uh, created a production group called Double Negative People. And we began to work with a number of artists um, around the area. Um, and really kind of cut our teeth on, you know, a, a, a DR-88 and a Motif 6 and um, a, a, an Akai C-3000 microphone, and we, cut, we made a lot of records. Um, I went into school leadership and continued to kind of use hip-hop as like a foundation for uh, my pedagogy when it came to education. So went into administration, um, had the opportunity to eventually move to River Rouge High School where we created um, a program called RAMP, River Rouge Audio and Music Production, uh, where we had a music production lab, where we have, I should say, a music production lab where 100 plus students are making beats every day under the leadership of um, a staff member there by the name of Travis Bean. So uh, I had the opportunity to go to Eastern, uh, move back to Eastern and lead, uh, participate in their community outreach and also get my PhD. So when it was time for me to choose what I wanted to study, I wanted to study how music technology could be used to engage students in learning math and science um, and learning social justice and learning transferable skills where the things that we all do is. So I, I, I like to say, you know, I'm an engineer by trade. I'm a recovering principal. (laughs) <laughs> um, and uh, I just see so much value in understanding the technology and how understanding. It, I feel like if you can learn Pro Tools, you can learn AutoCAD, you can learn Python, yeah. you can learn um, JavaScript, you can learn all kinds of things. So when I went there and started that work and started to dig deeper into hip hop pedagogy and read through the works of some people who are really doing outstanding things in the field. Um, I really attached myself to it. So I started to connect with people who were in the field around me um, in an effort to uh, just kind of develop the ideas and really make my understanding of the process really robust. So saying all that to say, saying all that to say, uh, I became an advisory board member for Grove Studio, Grove, excuse me, Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, Michigan. 
um, which is an artist. It's essentially an artist workspace. It's a rehearsal workspace, which operates as 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 a production space as well. Um, and shout out to Rick and Eric. On that. Yeah, yeah, we met shout with out Rick to here Rick. At, uh, not too long shout ago out about to doing Eric. some stuff together. Shout out to Mike Notes because Mike, if it wasn't for Mike, um, who's been you know with me the entire time uh, since I left Ypsilanti, um, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have made that connection uh, in the way that I did. He, uh, oh, but what Grove does, what I'm working with them on is how can they advocate for the arts in the area? How can they build connections with different things? Because the thing about Washtenaw County is there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of support for the arts. There's a lot of support for people who need help, people who need um, a different avenue. So um, working with Grove, I've been able to partner with them for a couple of different ventures. We're working with um Right now, the big thing that we're doing is we're, we we co-sponsor a monthly event called The Plug-In. Um, and The Plug-In is essentially for content creators. Um, in its current incarnation, we're doing something called The Dirty 30, where we invite producers to come in and we give them a sample and they have 30 minutes to make a beat out of it. That's awesome. Um, and it'll have different incarnations. I think, um, you know, one thing that we've been thinking about well, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to buy a stellar idea. But uh, it is it really what we're focusing around is getting producers and getting content creators from out of their basements, out of their, you know, their their silos that they work in to be able to enter, to be able to engage in. I mean, to be able to engage with each other, because um, there's so many opportunities to create in Ypsilanti. Um, I think that there's a, a vibe there that's very unique. Um, and we've been supported very well. Um, there's a lot of things that's going on with me. We, um, we also, we have a, uh, we, we have a retreat every year that we do in conjunction with Scratch Magazine TV. Um, you might remember Scratch Magazine from when they used to, uh, they had a production magazine several years ago. And, uh, right now what we do is we do a retreat every year where a bunch of producers from all over the world come together and they go to a location and they dig buy records, mm-hmm. uh, buy a bunch of records, and then they kind of hole up at a place and they make music. Um, awesome. And every year that we do it, uh, we make an album. So uh, we did Maryland, um, DMV the first year. Mm-hmm. Then we did Chicago, um, and we made an album called Chicago Fire. It's on uh, Spotify. Um, then we did, uh, last year we did, uh, I have a, a brain fart. We, we did San Francisco. And we did an album called Fucking Um from that, which was really cool. So you got you got 10, 11, 12 joints of all different producers that's kind of put together under a common theme. And most of it is instrumental hip hop. We're all producers. We're not all artists. But hopefully I get to play some of that tonight. But yeah. um, right. and then I do an instrumental album every year. Um, this last year I did at the end of the day, which came out in March. Um, and the three years before I did a series called professional development. I don't know if you you remember that term from when you were in school, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's all instrumental hip hop. Um, and it's well received and it kind of serves as like a portfolio for where I am. And so that's some of what I do. Well, there's a couple things that you mentioned during that, that sound really interesting to me. And the one, um, that really hits to me is teaching kids math and science techniques through, music recording and teaching music because I think that's really interesting because for someone like me who's not uh, great with the academics, Mm -hmm. music is the only thing I've been passionate about my whole Mm -hmm. life. So if there was an avenue to teach me how to do 
the stuff that I would need in like your your basic maths and sciences through that. I think that's mm-hmm. really fascinating and kind of would like to hear a little bit more about well, what you're doing with that. I, I think, it, and it all goes to scale. I think that as music education has decreased because of funding in schools, mm-hmm. which is a complete travesty. Uh, we all know that sure kids is. learn oh, best God. when they're creating. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I think that the ingenuity that's required to teach kids in different ways is is very important. Um, shout out to what's ironic. Uh, just thinking about uh, when we talk about math, when you think about arithmetic, um, shout out to uh, Ty Ferris. Uh, he put a post up on Facebook the other day. And he said, tell me what this pattern is. One, nine, twenty five, thirty three, forty nine, fifty seven. And so people are like, what? What is this pattern? What does it mean? It's song structure by bars. Like you have an eight bar oh. chorus at the beginning. Then it's the, the, the verse starts on the, the ninth bar mm-hmm. and then it ends on the 25th bar. And the That's chorus crazy. begins. <laughs> it's eight bars to 33. Yeah. So it gives people the opportunity to, to, to think outside the box in terms of their number sense yeah. on, okay. a, on a very like uh, a very arithmetic base, like yeah, a very right. base level math. And then all the way up to um algebraic concepts involving calculating bpm in terms of calculating um you know all kinds of different things that's related to to algebra to science to the use of technology to problem solving to computer interactions all of those things are are inherent in what we seem to do as a release so um, that's why it's something that's so important for me it's and just, valuable. It's just awesome that you can make something that kind of relates to somebody like that. Like, yeah. say, for instance, like me, I get kind of, you know, number six when I just look in, like across words, like number six Lexia almost, mm-hmm. when it just mixes up. So when you just have something like music or something like that, something right. you're passionate about, right. that just adds a whole new element of learning. Like, it's, it's awesome. Right. right. And and above and beyond that, you know, when, when I'm, a, I'm also a part of my brother's keeper out in Washington County, and we do... Um, you know, shouts out to the, the steering committee I watch at, at my brother's keeper. We do a monthly breakfast um, for for and it's intergenerational. So we have older cats there, you know, um, young cat, young guys there. And one of the things that come up frequently in our conversations is they have this interest in making music. So one of the things that I frequently talk about is how you can take the things that are inherent in making music and it's transferable to other areas, um, be it. Um, business sense, be it um, the ability to create things on the fly, the ability to socialize, the ability to network. All of these things that are inherent in moving up tiers in music can also assist you in being an active participant in other careers. So um, and and at the end of the day, the person who benefits the most from making from music is the person who's making it, too. So um, increasing, you know, I really try to get artists to think deeply about the self-awareness that's involved in them making music and how this creative expression offers them a mirror that we don't all, you know, all too often get. A lot of times we're on social media, we're looking at other people's lives or what we think are other people's lives. But when you make music, it may end up saying something to you that you didn't even hear and you may not hear it or, or, or hear what you really were saying two you know, two months, two years in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just offers so many huge benefits that I just, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, I want to rap. I want to be a rapper. I want to be, you know, that's one thing. But do you really understand how powerful it can be in terms of what you really want to do? So 
Yeah. That's kind of what my whole life has been around. I remember like when I was actually like in elementary school and I remember I had like the men's group and stuff like yep. that back in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's always been kind of, you always been involved in something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I was, I'm going to tell yeah. you, I was doing that and I was leaving school at 415 when y'all left home and going to the studio on Memorial. Shouts out to Mike Notes. Going to the studio on Memorial at 5 p.m. and staying until 2 in the morning and getting up the next morning and teaching. Just because I was that passionate about it. So to be able to be in a position now where I can do both, it's a dream. I mean, it's literally a dream come true to be able to to live, to combine these two things that are so important to me. So, And that's going to be really huge in today's time where, like, is before, I guess, you have, you'd had all your, by the time you got on, you kind of had to be someone anyways to make it onto the radio, you know. But yep. now in this right. in the streaming area where everyone could o- upload their own stuff, right. it'd be nice if some of these guys learn how to pr- make better SoundCloud beats, change the better, game, wrap up right. on beat on time, you know. Because like, right. a lot of my a lot of the problem is like I've heard so many rappers that I'm like, man, this is great, and then you'll like like, but the production of this song is trash, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's terrible. Like yeah. you can figure out how to to do the both in today's time where everyone could just upload themselves is like a really a uh, a big thing that I think will work yeah. out. Absolutely. And I, I think I think how uh, equipment, how it's become more um, f- retail friendly. Exce- accessible. Mm-hmm. Ha- yeah. And accessible has been both a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it takes some real skill to be able to sit in a place like this and to be able to really make a professional grade right. competitive recording. Exactly. Um, but there are some amazing things happening with kids with a laptop and a, a Axiom keyboard Mm -hmm. so um yeah just and and that's another piece of it is how you know there's always always this talk about grit about you know the fact that urban kids urban being coterminous for black and brown Mm -hmm. to be honest Mm -hmm. but um kids who you know they don't have grit they don't have resilience that's crazy Mm -hmm. you know because and in some ways in order for them to be there it takes resilience it takes Mm -hmm. grit right but when you can take the student that's not motivated by school at all and gets very frustrated in class, but they will record a verse 57 times mm-hmm. to make it perfect. Yep. So that I think it's called an iterative process uh, where it's just trial and error. Yep. The fact that every time you do it, it gets continuously better. If you are able to transfer that over to other elements, um, then you really have something going. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of sure. what I'm working on and kind of the, the background to what I feel should be done with music. There's also a narrative in hip hop. It seems like, well, at least what was I, all right. So some of my coworkers know that I have this podcast now and a lot of my coworkers dabble in music or hip hop. And, uh, this one dude I know is really talented and he can really rap well. And then he showed me one of the songs he recorded and I'm like, what happened to the content, man? And he's like, well, I dumbed my bars down. I'm like, what do you mean you dumb your bars down? He's like, well, that's what people want to hear. I'm like, yeah, I guess, man. And, I'm like, but I don't think everyone wants to hear. I'm like, with, I think we need to. I feel like it's coming back a little bit, bit though. I feel, yeah. I feel like real, like, you know, like content, like substance, is actually coming mm-hmm. back in hip hop. Yeah, I think so yeah, too. With I your really Coles do. and Kendricks kind of leading the way on I, that a little bit. I agree 100. percent And I think this this situation that occurred a couple weeks ago involving Tyler and, and Khaled, Khaled yeah, was God. a very mm-hmm. seminal moment in hip hop where you have a very standardized commercialized packaged kind of digitally cold kind of project comes out with all of these quote-unquote heavy hitters Mm -hmm. that obviously garner some level of commercial success because of marketing and because of the you know who's on it yeah but you have also a guy who created an artist i mean created an audience 
very organically, very personal work, very thoughtful, Mm -hmm. very thematic. Not necessarily my cup of tea, but I respect the fact that he's a risk taker. Right. And And for yeah, Tyler has a cult following. If anything, Khaled Khaled is kind of part of that. I hate to say it, but he's kind of part of that old guard. Mm -hmm. Remember when uh, when when uh, Nicki Minaj and it was Astro World and Nicki Minaj yeah, album yeah. came out the same day, and yeah. Nicki Minaj was complaining about like, "Oh, Travis Scott sold more than me" or something mm-hmm. like well, that. Well, they're all yeah, trying yeah. to loophole the system too by packaging their music up with other stuff. Like Khaled was trying to package his up with like some sort of energy drink, where you got the album if you purchased an energy Look drink. Look at right? so Jay Z did that. Sales and how yeah, that Jay Z did that with uh, yeah. Sprint. And I mean, yeah, by yeah. all means, do or, that. Or you too did that too. Yeah, it's a oh, million yeah, ways. You did it in a crazy you, way. They just gave you. <laughs> they just gave you the album in today's. World in today's world, people buy into people yeah. more than they buy into products. Right. Sure, but the irony true. about it is, the most heralded acts in music today are those that are seemingly, especially in hip hop, are seemingly those who are relatively secretive. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I mean, and that's always been true. When you look at Prince, yep. and you look at Maxwell, and now you look at a Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. and you look at J Cole, they're relatively. I mean, they're they're social media savvy enough, mm-hmm. but they let the music speak for them for right. itself. Right. Yeah, they're and not tweeting all day every day they absolutely. drop the music and disappear for yeah. a while like absolutely Cole doesn't even live in like la or anything he goes back to North absolutely. carolina and absolutely does his own thing you know? yeah. absolutely yeah. and i will i will also say i know you played um i yeah and to me that is still it's 2019 and we need to start having these discussions but i, I think that's the best album of the 2000 teams I, I i totally agree i think that could have he won the uh, that, the Pulitzer Butterfly? for Dan, Absolutely. but he could easily yeah. won the Pulitzer, in my opinion, for To Pimp a Butterfly based on the content, the players, all the jazz cats that were playing on that album and producing for that album. It's in the, Har- mean, it's in the Harvard archives, too, now. It's, it's, Absolutely. It's yeah. amazing. I just listened, I went for a walk the other day and listened to that start to finish, and I'm like, every time I listen to it, like, even from like the skits and like the, the simulated... Um, fake interview he did with Tupac on the yeah. end of it like that's just like such a cool concept to me like mm-hmm. I, yeah Kendrick's brilliant man I love everything that d- guy does um I'm really excited for he's been real quiet for the last what couple years now so I was, well besides Black Panther I guess he can't yeah. but he but but that's the good news and and I would dare to argue that actually I think Kendrick Lamar actually kind of produces every TDE album. I think uh, maybe he, in a he way. definitely it would, does. It wouldn't His surprise voice is on me. all yeah. of them. In like a way. He definitely does ad libs like, on everything. Oh, yeah. for sure. In a way, he does. He really does. Shouts out to Kendrick Lamar. I like his little ad libs on 5200 by uh, Schoolboy off that new yeah. album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a great one. People really crapped on that Schoolboy Q. I love it. I really love it, man. I love that album. I thought it had his moments. I think it's. Here's the thing I still like Blank Face better. And I like Oxymoron, I think, number one overall. But Okay. Yeah, I I do like Crash Talk. I still play Crash Talk every once in a while just randomly. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. I got that water. Yeah, I, think, I like that too. You know what I, I think? I think and I I don't want to get off base. I don't know if there is a base. Yeah, <laughs> no, just nah, keep, we just keep going. Yeah. I think I've been arguing kind of with people online. We do a the Scratch magazine thing, we do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Every Friday night, mm-hmm. uh, you can go to Digital Hustle Films. Oh, nice. Um, we do a podcast and we just talk. We're, we're So the, the group of producers, we're all like 35 plus. We call ourselves the dirty old men. <laughs> yeah. And because sure. we like do sample based hip hop, you know what I'm saying? We like, you know, analog gear and, yeah. you know, well, some more than others. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got like the whole NPC crew that's in there. And um, we just, we talk a lot. Of, and and I, I always am the person that looks at, from the framework of hip hop has been 
it's it's evolutionary. Mm-hmm. Like hip hop has been based around technology since its inception. Mm-hmm. So it's impossible to hold hip hop to a standard that was around 25, 26, oh, yeah. 27 years ago. You can't put it in a box. Because the no. technology has changed. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm quick to say, oh, this person is a star. I think, personally, I think the baby is a star. He is. A, he's going to be a star for sure. I mean, he's already on his way there. I think that guy's incredible. Yeah, the baby's really? crazy. Yeah, not little baby. No, not to be the, confused, the baby. The baby. Now, little baby got some huge records too. He does. Little baby I, does have some huge records. But the baby's me, a way better rapper. Than and I will baby. say this too. Uh, to me, that's not that's not hip hop as I as I view hip hop. Yeah. That's kind. That's another genre of music it to really me. Is to me. I mean, and there's the, like some people I know that I feel like it's just gonna pop off. Like Tierra Whack is no. It will be the future. Yeah. Yeah. Like that concept was just so good. Gearing up to see her in a couple weeks at Electric Force. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for that. Her, no. Is that no this week or next weekend? Next weekend. Ah. Uh, well, I leave rhyme. on Wednesday. Next Wednesday. She can. She can rhyme. The she ba- can to me, she the baby can rhyme. Yep. You yeah, got to be able to rhyme. Like, that's. That's you dropped a real nice uh, freestyle on Funk Flex not, or like, Absolutely. Like a couple weeks ago. It was like a month Absolutely. ago, maybe. Yeah, that was a really nice one. Absolutely. I like his style and everything. He kind of reminds me of Schoolboy Q in a little bit, the way he carries himself a little bit. I don't know, like yeah. his kind of attitude about things. I don't know. I, really he like has, I think he has a character. There's room for his character. He yeah, fits, sure. fits kind of the social media time period, you know, um, with his character. So. Yeah, I agree. Shouts out to the baby. Well, in the tradition of this podcast, every week on the show, we drink a different Michigan brewed beer, which this is now our 41st week, and our, we haven't repeated any beers twice, so it's crazy yeah, with yeah. The, scene, the scene of beer. Yep. <laughs> welcome, but, to, um, welcome to be in a beer state. But I'll kick that over to E-Man to tell us about the beer that he brought us this evening. All right. So I wish we, we need like a soundboard. I keep saying this every <laughs> episode, but it needs to happen. I just want like a drum roll, just something like... That'd be awesome. After yeah. after one year, we'll start getting into our uh, buying soundboard bags know, and all right? that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Spending a lot of money on this podcast. When we get week 52 in. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm going to make it happen. I want to have Royce the 5'9 in this podcast before, right now. before the year is up. That's my goal. Yeah. I mean, you, it, what, it's possible. 11 weeks left? It's possible. I got it. It's definitely possible. Yep. Like we, I mean, it's like a six degree of separation type deal. Yeah, he's recorded here. Yeah. He's friends with our engineer, with one of the engineers. At this age, oh, yep, yep, that too. At yeah, this Johnny age, was on everybody his is yeah. six degrees. I'm yep. telling you. Um, I oh, you know that's another thing I got to play on the podcast tonight. I wanted to, you know what? Maybe I'll close with that. I was going to close with the Tupac song, but have you heard the Nick Speed's new track? No. Whew, it's real I, nice. I love it. Yeah, me too. Throw I should talk to him nice. last week. He was supposed to be giving me a flash drive of his new project. Yeah, yeah, I just talked to him the other day too, and I, I really like Nick. He's just always in a good mood. It seems like always. <laughs> like when you see him, I don't. You, have you met him like personally? Yeah, yeah, we had him on the show. Like, hey man, like, like somebody <laughs> hadn't seen you in like fifteen years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? <laughs> yeah. Just always. I mean, no, I've was, only met him like twice. He was Speaking telling us on the show like he was at the Grammys this past year, and he was hanging out with Ron Jeremy. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! Hey, well, what's this beer that you got for us? He's awesome. All right, so uh, over from Griffin Claw Brewing, which I'm wearing the hoodie right now. Well, that's not the logo. That's the logo. Yeah. Uh, we have you figure it out. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's supposed to be a coconut vanilla milk stout. So I'm expecting like this, like creamy, like velvet, like consistency with, I guess, like hints of coconut. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So while we are playing that. Um, I mean, while we're trying out these beers, I'm sorry. I was going to play you a little bit of um, Paul McCartney, actually. One of my favorite Paul songs uh, from the Beatles since it was his birthday, and we've been honoring a couple birthdays today. 
Uh, I'm going to play a little Old Darling by uh, the Beatles, which is off of Abbey Road, which is, I don't know, my my favorite Beatles album is always back and forth, but definitely one of my favorites. Um, here's a little bit of that. <laughs> Jesus, this chord, I got to get a new one for next week. <laughs> and there. Next podcast investment accord. New dongle. Phone. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> DSLA, you run the world. That was a little bit of O so Darling off of, you. of uh, Abbey Road by the Beatles. Um, this beer is interesting, bro. What do you think? Man. All right. So <laughs> it, I was dead on with like the like velvet like consistency. It kind of mm-hmm. says it's like very like smooth. Mm-hmm. It's got a, you know, like very medium head, uh, very like little light carbonation. It's very light for like. It's way lighter yeah. than I thought it was gonna yeah. be. I thought it was gonna be like thick and like, heavy on the stomach. Milk stouts. I really thought you know I, I expect this like kind of like this creaminess to it, mm-hmm. but no, this one's like very like silky smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flavor wise, I mean it's pretty on point, man. You can have like the you know like the subtle like coconut. No, it's not really overpowering yeah. coconut necessarily, but you know it's, definitely you tastes the coconut there, for sure. Yeah. But it's more like on. A, it kind of reminds me of like a coconut version of vanilla coke. That's what kind of <laughs> reminds me of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. It, it tastes like Robitussin. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like if 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 Albuterol made a beer. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. I'm I kidding. love it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> this, this podcast was brought to you by. <laughs> you figure it out. Tussin. <laughs> Tussin. Right. What's that old well, kid or it. the uh, <laughs> the old uh, Chris Rock bit where he's talking about his dad? We just tell him to take Tussin for everything. He's like, I broke my leg. He's like, just rub some Tussin on it. Right. But anyways, there was another thing you brought up, Rod, that I wanted to ask you about. Um, kind of wanted to backtrack to that Dirty 30 thing you were talking about a little bit because there's um, actually a YouTube series that I like a lot that I watch pretty regularly called Rhythm Roulette. Absolutely. You've seen that? Absolutely. Where they take the producer, has to go pick the three random records with a blindfold on and Absolutely. use those three records to sample to make a beat. Absolutely. It kind of reminded me it, of that. And there's at some point in my life when I have enough time, I want to take all the Rhythm Roulettes and I want to rank them. Yeah. 
from the best to the worst. I don't know. Maybe Complex will like pay me to do it. <laughs> yeah. But um, Big Crits is one of my favorite because he puts yeah, a absolutely. verse on it too. Absolutely. <laughs> and they, they vary in quality yep. um, and quirkiness and everything. But I think what it shows is that it's an art form. Mm-hmm. And I think that for a long time, um, hip hop producers had to fight this perception that what they were doing was not, uh, and producers and artists, that what they were doing was not intellectual, mm-hmm. that it was not um, artistic. And I think that there's room at the table to say, you know, this practice is a product of technology. Okay. Yep. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. I used to be a big fan. They started putting some balder dash on there a little bit the last <laughs> couple of years. <laughs> but when they, I mean, like Knife Wonders was real memorable. Yep. Uh, Eric Sermon, yep. High Tech, anybody who principally is anybody has done it. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what we do. And we put the time parameter on it to make it a little bit more challenging. But essentially, that's what we all do. Like in my house, I got a crap load of records. And I, I used to go out and buy a lot of records. I haven't really had time in the last six months because I've been doing other things. But you go out and you buy records. And there's a, there's a, a process by which you choose records to buy. You know, you could... One of the rules of thumb, it's like an old, archaic way of looking at it is if if the people who are making the music are multiracial, mm-hmm. the music is always the shit. It's always great. Like yeah. you got like, you know, a white dude, a black dude, a Latino guy. The music is always fucking dope. I agree. Hmm. Can I cuss? Yeah. No, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. My fault. And then, yeah. so, for you know. Neil's mom, she gets mad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, yeah, my fault. Sorry. She's good. Um, and then you have just all kinds of different um, practices and different like rituals that go along with it. And for me, my records are only separated by what I have sampled and what I have not. Mm-hmm. So like, and I can only go through one record, make a sample out of that record, and then the record is going away forever. Yeah. Okay. So it's all these different rituals, and it's it's just fantastic. So people who dig and people who chop samples and all that, you know, shout outs to you. Um, it's always fantastic. Something else that I love about sampling and um, that I think is really important to mention is that not only does it bridge genres, but it also bridges generational gaps. Because it for does. a lot of the times I've found out about the original song that was sampled through the hip-hop song that I'm listening to. Like, for example, um, I can't remember the name of the original Aretha Franklin song, but the one that's sampled in uh, Miss Fat Booty by Most Def. Yeah. Like, I knew the Miss Fat Booty I before know. I knew uh, the yep. uh, Aretha Franklin track. Yep. So it, yep. I think it, it garners in a lot of people paying attention to music that came before them. Yep. And then you also find Aaron out a lot Bruce. about the producer that way. Like, Dr. Absolutely. Dre, like, samples from the weirdest places. You know, Absolutely. like, he'll use tracks that you're like, where... How was Dr. Dre listening to this shit? Absolutely. <laughs> events, I feel like Kanye West kind of introduced people, like hip hop community for to sure. punk. He really did. Oh, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so if, I was a, if I was an aging artist, it would behoove me to maybe get on board with a producer and say, hey, sample my music. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go for it so I can get a check. Yep. Um, shout outs to Tashir Rasay. Uh, he runs a, a website called computermusicacademy.com. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he does for his members, it's a, it's a subscription service. It's inexpensive, but it's very valuable. He does, um, or he used to do, a weekly homework podcast for the members where he would say, 
okay, this week's assignment is to go out and do this. And this week it could be make a Roots reggae song or sample a Roots reggae song and make a beat out of it. So what it did was it forced you to do research. And that Mm -hmm. way you learn about Tough Gong and you learn about Peter Tosh and you learn about some of the things that was going on down there. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I think even if you look at it through the framework of a curriculum, and you're giving those kind of assignments out. It gives students the opportunity to be able to learn about different um, forms of music and learn about the times with which it was happening, mm-hmm. too. You know, so if I'm saying, you know, we'll, we'll say we're going to listen to the soundtrack to Woodstock and we're going to make beats from the Woodstock Ooh. soundtrack. What was the, the, the times going on then? What was going on at that time that kind of drove people making these kind of songs? Yeah. So it mm-hmm. just kind of. If you use hip hop or yeah, if you use hip hop as your framework, it just opens up all kinds of avenues for kids to learn in a new way. Yeah, I like it. And I do. We we talk about this too, like uh, the difference between songs being sampled and flipped, which I generally I like the songs that are sampled more, where it's something either a a lesser known song or like an ex- obscure, like just a small part of a song. Mm-hmm. But I what. When I get lost on it a little bit is when it's a flipped song. So for an example, um, Schoolboy on, Q on, with, well, on Khaled's uh, new album, on DJ Night. Khaled's album. Well, not even that one because that one's still different. Are you different. talking about uh, Miss Jackson um, with DJ Khaled? Yeah, yeah. so DJ Khaled um, has a new song with SZA on there, yeah. and it's literally just the beat for Miss Jackson with SZA singing it's a different song. It's changes, but yeah, yeah, pretty much. So it's, so for me, it's in terms of just the nomenclature, I think flipping a song, chopping a song is kind of the same. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about is when somebody loops a song. Okay, yeah. Um, because that's a, to me, that's a loop. Yeah. Like even in, in, the, in the areas where I frequent, producer-wise, the majority of time, they don't really want you to know what song it is. Yeah. So, you know, technology allows you these days to chop up, you know, you can have an eight-second piece of music and you could chop it up into 64 bits, completely play it over, yeah. down, you know, um, uh, turn down the pitch, do this, do that, put effects on it, and it's something that's completely different. So for me, that's chopping. But if you just take a loop, uh, like a straight eight bar or a two bar loop of a song, that's kind of cheating. Mm-hmm. You add your own drums, that's kind of cheating. Yeah. So I love the way DJ Premier makes beats, man. He's one of my favorite as far as sampling and just being like still to this day being super, super creative and pushing his craft. Like the stuff that him and Royce are doing with the Prime albums where they'll pr- pick one musician that they've sampled only from that musician to yep. make the beats for the whole album. Yep. So like the first one was like uh Adrian Young, I think they used for the first album. Right. Yeah. And then I forget who was the second one? Um oh, it's gonna drive uh, Bad Bad Not Good? No. no. No, it wasn't Bad Bad Not Good. It was um uh Adrian Young? Adrian Young was one of them. The other one was Ant Man Wonder. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Ant Man Wonder. I remember uh, Watch the Throne, for instance. They had all the oldest Reading samples. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that, yeah whole, that, that whole album yeah, was that, just I full love of that oldest yeah. sample, man. The way Kanye. Kanye's and, great at sampling, too, man. He yeah, really is. One of, <laughs> honestly, Kanye is one of the best at sampling. Yeah, he yeah, really is. is. <laughs> His production has always been something of a favorite of mine. Um, Kanye was. Antics. A, yeah. Just <laughs> leave yeah. you something to deserve. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, and, and again, there's a million ways to skin a cat. One thing I ran across today, I think Frank. Dukes, uh-huh. who's a relatively popular producer. From what I heard, he actually created an album that is encouraging people to sample from it because the proceeds go to um, some kind of charity. So oh, that's cool. Foundation. That's like awesome. And it's created, the students are the ones who created it. Uh-huh. So they get the benefit of being able to create this music in a professional atmosphere, plus they're actually raising money. So that was something that's really innovative. And I, I have to appreciate the fact that people are being extremely innovative when it comes to music yeah. nowadays, as opposed to saying, 
you know, I want to come out, I want to make an album, mm-hmm. I want to tour. This that's just not yeah. profitable like it used to. You just right. want to have like you know, you actually want to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you want to get into something old, something new? Yes, sir, man. Yeah, we should get into that one. Um, I'll let you kick it off with our something old this week since you got a few I got on your three. Plate. You know what? I'm I'm gonna even lack of something new because I want to talk about that's fine. Something that's fine. I got a couple something news. <laughs> In 2013, right? Uh-huh. So six years ago. Yep. Three of these these three albums came out the same exact day. Okay. J Cole, Born Center. Ooh. Kanye West, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mac Miller, watching movies with the sound off. Oh, that's All right. came out the exact same day. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw a little. A lot of three of them are my favorite albums from those art from set artists. Like watching movies and sound off is my favorite Mac yeah. album, and I love Born Center. Yeah, Born Center is amazing. Did yeah. you like? Did you like um, Good AM M- more than? I'm um, not Good AM. Did you like Faces more than you like watching movies? Do with I, sound love off? Faces. Faces. I love Faces? I like watching so movies with the sound off a little Faces bit more. I like fa- yeah, I like watching movies with sound off just slightly more, but mm. I love Faces. Mm. I would say that, and another Mac album I would throw in there would probably be. Uh, Actually, swimming's kind of coming close to me too. That's crazy. Because I've been listening to it so I, good. I've been listening to it so much. Listen, yeah. that 2009 song. That, that's what that, that's, that that's song alone so made good. swimming. That for song me. that song hit different when you're going through something. Yeah. Because yeah. you'd be like, man, this wasn't happening in 2009. And yeah. Mac was like arranging arranging string parts for like by Berkeley trained musicians and stuff. Like his, yeah. I think watching movies was big for him because I think that's when he started to really. Get creative Absolutely. with his production because yeah. he was, was that was still that, under right. Rostam, I think. So mm-hmm. like, he didn't get the, like, the major. That's hanging out with Philo a lot too. Good AM, <laughs> I think, was his first one off like the major like, yeah. label because he was still a Rostam. But yeah, they, yeah, that's when he was like Philo still trying to put me on the label. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. <laughs> that's when he like started becoming his own artist. Yep. That album. That's why sure. I like that album so much. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, I just saw a video. I saw a video today of J Cole and Drake back when Born Sitter came out. I guess they went to like Best Buy together and bought. Oh, they bought. All the copies. Yeah. Jake spent like eight hundred and something dollars on buying his album for him. <laughs> what was your favorite track on Born Center? Land of the Snakes. Even though it was a loop, I would say track? she knows. What was the track with Kendrick on there? Where Kendrick's just on uh, the forbidden for you, uh, oh, forbidden fruit. Like yeah, that was hard. Here's why I love that song too. If you play it forward, guess what it is? Huh? Neighbors. Really? Yes, it it's is? the same beat. It's just in reverse. Man, I haven't listened it's to Born Sinner in a while. I have to go back and listen to that. That's Forbidden cool. Fruit was that song? Forbidden Fruit. Yeah, me and my bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took yeah, a little yeah. trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down yeah. to the guy. Yeah. So if you that beat backwards is the same beat as neighbor as neighbors. Yeah, yeah. I heard. Yeah. I remember it being. I remember neighbors being one of his old songs backwards, but I didn't. I didn't think it was Forbidden Fruit. It's weird wow. that like Kendrick and Coles are starting to become like the the second tier of like the elder statesman in the hip hop yeah. now. Like that's so weird to me, man. I mean, like, it's just, <laughs> I mean Middle Child went multi platinum, yeah, it and it was not super complex or mm-hmm. anything. It was a great record. I want to add that was the only multi platinum single that came out this year. There was one of two. That was one. Guess what the other one was? Hmm. Wait, don't tell me. Guess. Uh, uh, same day uh, or same uh, year? Uh, uh, this year by Cardi B. No, no. Uh, 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 it's a very uh, predictable uh, song uh, too. I'm, I'm, uh, 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 Lil Nas X. Yes, Old Town Road was the only one. Man, that record is huge. Was, was, multi-platinum. That record year. is changing. Uh, that record okay, is changing lives. You know, I feel like Nelly did it first with the whole country thing. Speaking but still, of Old Town like, Road, uh, Rocky, Rocky Five and uh, and YG oh, and put out a, yeah, out a remix to that. The video looks yeah. hilarious. They're both in like the cowboy gear and shit. It's so funny. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on, guys. I'm sorry. It just speaks to it. Just speaks to the power of song structure and uh 
you know, song structure and 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 you know, that was a loop too. Yep. Hey, shout out to Lil Nas X, man. Get your money, bro. Trent Reznor got paid. Mm. Yeah, he did. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So you know, that's a that's a huge record. I yep. mean, it's, it's, they're talking about it has. I saw a story that said that there was a student. I mean, a kid that was mute. Mm-hmm. And right. the first words that he he was like eight or nine. The first words that he said was singing that song. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, that actually, I'm that actually I'm happened. That was on like CNN. Yeah, it was actually like an actual story. Like changing <laughs> lives. Yeah, all over the place. Good for That's him, crazy. man. Yeah, I never got into the actual song. I think the video, the video was amazing. But um, I'm not opposed to him making money. Get your money, Lil Nas X. Good for you, bud. <laughs> Absolutely. Now he's got to follow it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be the thing. Is gonna be uh, what he's gonna come up with next. But mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll, he'll probably get. He's probably made enough money off it where he can hire some. He should come back with some the people most, to help him. He should come back with the most gutter. Shit, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he would be forever my hero. <laughs> he just awesome. came back with the just gutter. <laughs> well, for my something old this week, I went with um, an album that came out in. 2012 actually i want to say um by yaysayer and like they're kind of like an indie pop band that i like um and the reason i chose them the album odd blood by the way it's called is because uh for my birthday my friends dan and nora bought me tickets to go see them and the concert was just on monday at l club downtown and man it was a really great performance Mm -hmm. um all three of them sing and they all have completely different sounding voices so it's cool with, to hear them trade off live and kind of do their own thing. Like the main guy plays uh, keyboards, and then the other two guys sing a little bit of backup, and then they each have like a couple songs of their own. The guitar player and the bass player, but mm-hmm. man, the guitar player sounds like George Harrison. Like his vocals live really? sound like George Harrison, and it's, it's a really bold cool statement. My friend, the, the music doesn't sound anything like the Beatles or okay. George Harrison's music, but his voice sounds like George okay. Harrison. Same, to me. Okay, yeah, similar so. voice inflection. Yep, Miracle. yep, so, and. Um, yeah, they just put on a really good show. It was it was like you guys have been to L Club. It's like yeah. such a small venue, man. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun to see bands there because you can get up real close no matter where you're at. So um, yeah, shout out to Yaysayer. That was my something old this week. You got any old music you're listening to? I do. Um, mine was uh, Tank. I think it's called Tank Tomahawk by Hi- Hiatus Coyote. Okay. Um, since I went to see Anderson Pack. Uh-huh. Yeah, my wife a couple weeks ago. We show was amazing. Yeah, we were there. <laughs> was it? It was Ama- so amazing. amazing. <laughs> like, he like drums. So, and so okay. Here's my it. here's my Anderson Pack story. So, I learned about Anderson Pack right before Compton came out. Uh huh. Right. And had run across something about him, and then Compton came out. You know, and I I heard his voice on Compton. I'm like, okay. This guy kind of has like a transcendent kind of presence on yeah. music. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. So then, you know, I hear Malibu. Malibu is amazing. I knew about No Worries yeah. with Knowledge. Knowledge was my guy ever since he did Mama on to Pimple Butterfly. Yeah. Right? So I'm like waiting on No Worries like it was Doggy Style or something. Like it was Snoop's first album. It's so good. And so um, then, so I'm just really a, a big fan. Before No Worries came out, he came to, I think it was Royal Oak Music Theater, and it was like 29 bucks to go see him. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, I, I wanted to go, but I didn't go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I regretted it, because I'm like, when this guy comes back around, he's going to be cashing people out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so here he came. You know, me and my wife went to see him, and it was a fantastic show. So good. I mean, and then, so I, I kind of came back, and I've I've been working with, 
I've I've been working with a few soul artists over the the course of the the last few years, and now I'm starting to do a little bit of work with Rick and Eric's band, The Day Nights. Oh yeah, Christina and The Day Nights. Moving, trying to you know, trying to see what I can do to embolden their sound or to capture what they're doing to do some of the things that I'm doing. Right. So. I started exploring this kind of realm of sampling and live bands kind of interacting. So I run across Hiatus Coyote. I guess that's what they're called. Okay. Um, and started to learn about the, I know that the the singer got sampled on a, song, a couple songs by Drake yep. and Stan and third and their songs have been sampled. But I, when I really started to dig in, I'm like, this is amazing. It's amazing music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went back and I listened to that album and, it's really huge. I'm still working through the second one. I think, uh, what's it called? Tank Tomahawk? I think that came out in like 13. And then they had another one, Choose Your Weapon. Talk yeah. Talk Tomahawk. Um, they had another one that came out in like 15 or 16. And I'm still trying to kind of get through it. But I think that is the music at this stage of my life that I'm starting to appreciate the most. I'm not a trap guy like unless you know trap kind of can come and go for me i have to be in a certain mood yeah. like, i got to be like on my way to like absolutely be, to, like a party like, or something i mean <laughs> tramp, like tramp standard tr- tramp standard trap music has been like popular now for about 15 16 yeah. years sure they has. talk about who started it yeah, and all like that T. I. Gucci but like Jeezy. it's really been the dominant form of mm-hmm. hip rap music for like the last 15 16 years for sure so looking outside of that um that music really speaks to my soul. Like that Black Messiah by D'Angelo. Right. Yeah, me too. All that stuff really, it's, it's, it, it just it just lasts for me. So shout out to them. That's my old album because that album was was clean when yeah. I was cutting my grass the other day. Yeah, that, my- I, I agree with you on that. That's the music I gravitate to the most too. And I think that's what is missing in a lot of these people. Like Anderson Pack is so multifaceted with his singing the rapping the dancing the playing the drums and shout out to uh thundercat and jesse reyes they were amazing i mean mean, i've seen this is my third time seeing thundercat like well that will be my third time seeing thundercat because i've i've already seen him twice before that okay dude he's phenomenal every time okay that was however my first time seeing jesse reyes and Mm -hmm. i've been obsessed with jesse reyes ever since uh okay ever since i heard figures okay first time I yeah, dude, it's, of oh my god! I've been yeah, listening to that album so much since I, it came out. It's and so and good. and now I think now that I look back at it, I guess see, after seeing it live, I think Oxnard got a really bad rap. It really I did. Think it got a really bad. It sure did. There's some, some great tunes on there. I, I mean, I always look at structure, chord progression, kind of things, and I can see where there are things that are really standard. But I mean, Oxnard had Trippy on it. Mm-hmm. Oxnard six had, summers. Yes, this chick gon' bang mm-hmm. for at least yes. six summers. Yeah. Oxnard had King joints. James. Like oh, King James on the new one. Never mind. Yeah, um, Oxnard had some fantastic yeah, songs. Oxnard was awesome. And you know it had uh, didn't it have a uh, didn't it have Smile on it? Yep. 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 Oh my God, that's my joint. I think the reason it got overlooked a little bit, at least from in my opinion, the is the timing. Like it is, no, not even that. I think Anderson Pack is so good on his own. He does doesn't need all these big name rappers to steal half a song from him. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, cause like all in a row you had a track with like, uh, J Cole, J rock. You're talking uh, about the features? Q-tip. Yeah. There was just like so many rappers featured on, on I Oxnard mean, and yeah. Ventura. They were kind of used more tastefully where like even Smokey's just kind of singing background right. vocals in it. And like, Brandy's singing background vocals or yeah. the chorus, you know what I That's mean? True. They're not 
they're not taking a whole verse yep. away or, you know, so I don't know. Maybe that could be the reason, at least for That's me. That's what's beautiful about, you know, uh, having a, a person, a strong producer mm-hmm. or a strong, you, you're able to bring people into your world and they play a role and they don't necessarily say, no, this is my song. Like, I always go back to the Brandy song. I get a lot of heat for this. P. Diddy had an album called Press Play in uh-huh. 2006. Yeah. Yeah. Last night. That's one of the most underrated albums simply because all of these different artists he kind of brought into his motif yep. and was able to create something that was crazy. It's a song by Brandy, song with him and Brandy on it, that is a uh, P. Diddy song, mm-hmm. but it's it just has Brandy on it. And... Um, yeah, so it's just a good example for me. Quick. I know I talk about press play all the time. I know my. my you know who's incredible that he started working with around that time was uh, that came from that band that he created, that Danity Kane, uh, which I never really cared for that music. But Dawn <laughs> Richard from Danity Kane, man, she makes phenomenal fucking solo music yeah, now. Yeah, she's like real New Orleans sounding, kind of. Yep. yep. She's got a new record. I can't remember the name of the album, but she put out an album this year that's really strong. Shout out to Agent Smith. What up, though? She's got a really cool song with Trombone Shorty, too, that I really like. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah, Dawn Richard is super talented. Okay. But I think it's the difference between being a beat maker and a producer. And I talk to young people about that a lot. It's one thing to know how to tap the pads and chop the samples and make sure that things are in key. That's one thing. But if you're able to arrange Mm -hmm. and give an atmosphere and give a life to a song or to a project that's when you're actually producing yep right. i agree um what'd you have for something new this week e-man i didn't have a new album i have a new single i want to talk about though. oh yeah the, the free nationals yeah. mac miller and kelly uches track yeah, yeah. i saw I'm, that I'm man i'm such a big fan of the song man it's just mm-hmm. yeah it's super yeah. nice um i can't believe how great max verses on that i just love the way that this song sounds this is max like first like post mortis like mm-hmm. single like release like massively released it almost yeah. sounds like it could be a cut from swimming too doesn't it you know like what? The, yeah. the, the, yeah. the vibe of it like it's yeah, real like chill yeah. and yeah. kind of flowy like a lost and, track type deal yeah 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 yeah, yeah and i'm a big fan of kelly uches so yeah I, I, she's I, amazing like, my first introduction to her was that tyler song i see you again wasn't she yeah. in both of our top fives last year on our albums list best yes. albums list yes, yeah, it was. i think she cracked yeah. both of our that was lists. just my introduction though like when she was on flower boy uh-huh. yeah i dude, i fucking love kelly uches so, yeah. she's uh not bad to look at either free nat- <laughs> well, yeah, that, I mean, damn that, gorgeous. that's a given <laughs> yeah, uh, free nationals i'm not too familiar with to be honest with you just from being yeah. anderson pox band is the only reason yeah, that i it. know him but um it seems like now that They've stuck with him and been his touring band, his backup band. Now it seems like it's gonna they're gonna get their shot based on yeah. the popularity that he's garnered from everything yeah. that he's doing. So that's really cool. Um, what did I go with? Oh yeah, I had a couple this this week. Um, the one I'll talk about the most, I'll say second. First one I listened to was Jordan Rakai. Um, he's like a newer artist, kind of up and coming, that makes real like soulful, bluesy. Um, Almost kind of like the Tom Meesh FKJ air or like arena of music. Like it's real chill most of the stuff, but he's got like a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. I I thought he was a black guy for the first two years yeah. I was listening to this man sing, and then I saw a picture of him the other day, and I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" <laughs> I did not think that. I was like, "That's crazy, man." This white boy's got some soul, so that's kind of cool. That's how my my, <laughs> dad, my dad thought of Childish Gambino on a on. What do you call it? What was that one? Uh, because the internet? Because, no, 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 no. The most yeah. recent one. Oh, uh, Awaken My Love. Awaken yeah. My love. He thought, like, when he heard Redbone, he thought that was Macy Gray. <laughs> he thought that was Macy Gray. <laughs> he does kind of have that kind of quality <laughs> to when he sings, like, get that high pitched, like, falsetto voice a little bit. 
That's pretty cool. Mm. But um, yeah, no, so Jordan Rakai was the first one, and then the second one, I'm like, it's in my running for album of the year right now, which is Gold Link's new album. Gold Link is it so is dope. so good, man. I've ne- I haven't seen a group of features utilized in such a good way on an album in a while. He's got um, Neil. We can both talk people about from this all album. over the place. Yeah, he's got uh, Wiz Kid on there. He's got um. One of the dopest verses ever Alan. from Pusha T on there on Coke White. Oh my God, he kills that song. Tyler killed it. Tyler kills Tyler that song. Killed his feature, I mean, yeah. it's a very worldly sounding el- or yeah. album. You can yeah. tell he must have like a Caribbean in his uh, heritage or in his culture because it's very like island sounding music. Yeah. It's very summer sounding. Would you, would you say it's more gogoish? Like nah. DC Afrobeat kind of a little. I think Afrobeat, right. yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I guess it would be a little go-goish too. Yeah, he is a DMV ways. artist, isn't he? Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't even yeah. think about that. So yeah, it's, he definitely I, has it's that definitely element there. Too. It's a, you know, it's in that ballpark. I wouldn't say necessarily. That. It's got his like own like Clark little, Spark. What up though? I think I think this album is insane though. Like, oh, this it, album is it, ridiculous. His first one was great, wrong, but this yeah. one is like I'm gonna be listening to this bad boy. I need to I need to revisit it. Yeah. I need to revisit it. I have a single too, though. When you're done, yeah, okay. absolutely. And I want to play that uh, on here to close the actually the show out because Nick's got um uh yeah artist coming in at eight. Yeah, we so um gotta start wrapping up soon. Yeah, we do actually a little bit. I wanted to get to real quick before we get to your music. I just wanted to read off um our other segment that we do on here, which this is um, day in this day in music or music and. Uh, this week, I picked um, 1990 on this day in music. Prince played his first... Of, this, this is why I had to read. This is a very small fact, but this is, blows my mind to think about. Prince played his first of 12 sold-out nights at Wembley Arena in London Ooh, on his uh, new 12. European tour. And if you're not familiar with Wembley Stadium, it holds 75,000 right? people. Yeah. That's so, where Manchester United <laughs> played, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that he sold that shit out 12 nights in a row Jesus. is mind-blowing to me. <laughs> like that, like I had to read yeah. that fact twice. I'm like, wait a Shout minute. Shout out that Prince that Originals album, year? too. <laughs> that Prince Originals album was amazing. I think yeah. that was my thing from last year. Oh, not last year, last week. But yeah. I, I'm so bummed I never got an opportunity to see Prince live, man. I would love to see that guy just ripping guitar and doing his thing on stage. You know, I've never seen Purple Rain, the movie. What? I haven't seen, seen it since I was a little never kid. Seen it. How do you talk about music and you've never seen it? <laughs> I've never seen it. I know the album. I've, I love the album. I they just never run seen it on movie. VH1 <laughs> all the time. Jeez, <laughs> that was like geez, that and the Temptations man. movie. They'd be running on. And, or the Jacksons. Or the Jacksons. Or the Jacksons. That's for sure. Michael, Martin, you don't get it. Look at your beat. Yeah, so that's our I've music never fact seen of the day. Purple Rain. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will go home. I will go to the video store right now if that's still a thing. I don't know. Video stores are kind of scarce these days. Oh, and find Purple Rain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rod, does your uh, phone plug into the AUX cord or do you need this dongle thing too? Uh, does that yeah, have an auxiliary? I'll just take the AUX cool. if you Sweet. can. Yes, sir. Can I play a, a record from the Dirty Old Man? You can yes. play whatever you'd like, I my did, friend. I did want to talk about um, the... Uh, and I know my friends from my buddy's gonna be mad at me, but <laughs> I want to talk about the Drake record. Yeah, for sure. Which one? Drake and rap, dude. Oh, the new one. And Bro, I'm Ross like, is crazy. Like I've heard um, it. Yeah, like that, when he lo- when he they beat the Raptors. Oh no, the Raptors won. Yeah, yeah. That, that he, he put out two songs. One of them was okay to me, but it's because I heard the Rick Ross one first, and that song is crazy. What's what's uh money, money in uh, the grave? Money in the grave. Man, that song is yeah. tough. Drake um, can definitely rap, and he said yeah, he's an Drake can rap, mode. man. Yeah. Drake can rap, and and I. You know, I was. I would I, never deny that. I, I like oh. that record that um, he did with Chris Brown. I, I do oh, too. That track is dope. Um, I think that song's yeah. great. I mean, they sound is, good on a record together. That man. record they really is ridiculous. Do. Glad they squashed that beef. Me too. 
I think it just goes to show that I think when artists work together, it's just way like more beneficial Joyner than uh, Logic. Shit, that sound was crazy too. That's a good point. Um, Spit on the microphone over here. So, uh, yeah, I just, I just like it. It just continues to get reiterated to me. I think that he's making very good music for this time, and my friends, they, they, they kind of, you know, they kind of mess with me about that, about the fact that I, because I like Drake, like I, right. uh-huh. I, I genuinely like what he, what he does. Yeah, but he makes good music that is very. I feel like the cool thing. I feel like people feel like the cool thing to do is to hate on Drake because he's popular, not because you oh, know sure. talented things, just because he's popular. I'm like Drake is actually like a really talented dude. He's actually puts out. He puts out hits. If you have a hits, bunch of haters, dude. you're probably doing something right. Right. No, absolutely. I, I like Drake. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Drake's definitely like a, you know, a figurehead and like I would say this generation has to be. But yeah. yeah like, I'm glad yeah. the Raptor series is over though because I was a little tired of seeing him on the sidelines acting like, crazy and stuff. But I love Drake yeah. as an artist. <laughs> and yeah, as a guy, he's just a good person. Seems All right. Like. So, um, dirtyoldman.bandcamp.com. This album and Chicago Fire are both there. Um, Spotify. Uh, my name is Rob Wallace. Those, your social media projects are there. My social media is Where Is Wallace at Where Is Wallace everywhere on Facebook. Just Rob Wallace. Um, this song is called People Need Things. Um, it features an artist from DMV named Nat Black. Um, no, I'm sorry, Nathaniel Starr. Um, it's produced by Black Mav, and it also pro- it's also featuring a group from Detroit called Vietnam. Nice. Um, this is one of the records that came out of. When we went to San Francisco, this was when we were in San Francisco. Cool. So you can see the picture. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got the bridge and everything. The bridge Golden Gate that. Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Is that loud enough? Yeah. yeah that's cool. Oh, okay. in the closet let a skeletons cry don't ever ask the melanin why cause i don't answer bird niggas fly pelican fly i keep the smoke like i'm holding cigars bmx i got them flipping over these bars the whole crowd oohs and ahs not knowing how bad you heard it that you smile through the scars black math laced it i'm one with the vibe i'm on a quest for love and i come with a tribe thumb in the drive and i'm thumbing a ride on my way to motor city yep i'm coming inside Bring back Thriller I miss Aretha Long live Dilla Why these albums got all these fillers Don't front, I know you feel us You can catch me riding down Sunset Not the boulevard Cause the sun sets anywhere I pull up y'all Squad is true, I do Peep the wedding ring You gotta stand for something I fall for everything I miss content I miss subjects We remember abuse But forget substance Facts I love you all But right now I'm Blacks. Oh, let me get back to what I do. We can never lose. Time replaces pain with composure. Yeah. Keep on fighting, soldier. Even they see you getting closer. Everybody sees. Everybody sees. Everybody needs. Everybody needs. People need things. The people start to feel their strength, and it's the people that will cause the revolution, and it's the people that will cause the change in the country. 
Tuning on this Christian, I'm a cognac and jank. I was gone for a little minute, bitch, I'm back in my lane. Then I'll just pivot, trying to switch it. Oh. oh. Did you pull it out? Pause. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, power out was killed. So shit. It's changing, baby. Boiler like his daddy. If you play, I'm gon' act. Keep it real, niggas ain't fuck with me way back in the day. Guess it must have been my problems on me packing the blade. But then I punch you out your shit just for you acting so fake. Had these niggas wasn't clutching with the class was just late. Shit, I did too, but had my problems back at home. I won't say. Well, aware of my surroundings, how these make me feel safe. I'm pressing CDs for the five and puffing up with my peach. Show love, it ain't no love. I know when my defensive instinct. Okay, what can make you judge me? Side opinions, indeed. You ain't focused on the mission. Until it turned us into thieves Snatch your polos out of Macy's Imprints from the cuffs Let the wrist aching Preparation A heathen in the fucking making A heathen in the fucking making A heathen in the fucking making Man, I really like that. That's got like that was dope. that's like yeah. my favorite type of hip hop track right there. Boom bap with great lyrical content, and it's Some like old school style. Oh my god! That's and you can do. tell, I could tell you're like the influence uh, that you guys have with like the like you were saying with D'Angelo and Maxwell. Absolutely. Like that chorus kind of gave me that feel a little bit. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you. That's Black Mav, and yeah. let me tell you about Black Mav. Black Mav is from DMV, uh-huh. and he is not a fan of quantizing. At all, like his drums sound and shit be just sloppy. Yeah. And shit. <laughs> we call him like the drunken master, like because I, I've recorded, like I've uh, I've mastered his sessions before and stuff like that. And the shit is never on the grid ever in life. It never lines up. But he's like one of my favorites. He 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 does his thing. Shout outs to Black Math. Shout outs to Digger Hertz, Clark to Spark, uh, RTO Beats, Agent Smith, Jelani Beats, Jay Bishop, Mike Notes. Rob Wallace, DJ Wide Body, CX the producer, we deep. Beep, 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 beep. Clearly, right? <laughs> we deep. We super deep. I hope I ain't forgetting nobody. I'm gonna get cussed out. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 fuck. Who I forget? Uh, uh, it's like Grammy speech, right? Yeah, here. right. It's right, like right, 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 right. But that's the whole thing. But we'll be here. So we're doing just before we stop. We're mm-hmm. doing the Dirty Thirty Friday, the twenty first, eight thirty. 734 Brewing Company in Ypsilanti. Um, and then we're going to do another event on July 12th. It's probably going to be another Dirty 30, but it's going to feature the dirty old men who will be in town at the time. And they're going to really come through and show people how to chop. So come out, support hip hop, support production, support young people, support me, shit, all that. Absolutely, okay? man. Thanks yeah, for coming. That's honestly man. one of my favorite conversations I've had on here, man, because I, I like really getting into the educational aspects of it and everything they can do for the the, the Michigan area. Cause I mean, that's what me and E-Man pride ourselves on is trying to big up the incredible talent that's coming out of this state. So yeah, thanks again for coming on, man. And uh, we're going to close tonight with oh, before a, you go, hey, yeah, I'm proud go, go for it. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> my kids, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> my kids. All my kids are doing great things, and I'm proud of you guys. That's Thanks, awesome. Bro. Yeah, to close the show out tonight, we're going to play the new record from a friend of the podcast, Nick Speed. Uh, this is his new record, Throw Some. Have a good night, everybody. Peace. So how's that for save children? They plotted in bandos, paint pillin' The type of shit have a saint stealin' So don't tell me what you ain't dealin' When all you want is waking up from your wildest dreams Having the same feeling. I'm just tryna feed mommy, tryna make millions Dogs with their own wounds, they ain't healing. They set you down for barking and beefing. But dope they would arrest us, now they offer treatment My offering to the globe, me out of zombie land On top of a soapbox inside of a laundry stand And I stand gripping my bars in my hand Trust and believe, when I get the bands that I lust to receive They're afraid when everything will be robotic And I'm still trying to produce the Detroit Chronic And that's all game, nothing to lose, all gain If they didn't really live it, they can't feel y'all pain Low on the block, dressing all plain I'm just trying to ball while I'm rocking ball, man Fly like a small plane since I was delivered Dr. Paul Crane, I'm off to the beat of my own drum I grew up off of that slim in that old slump Now everybody wanna show off and throw some Only a few that's hopeful and wholesome I take 39 tracks, bitch, I go dumb Boy, we shaping the culture, we serve the plug Like we selling the perfect drug And tie it together like a Persian rug Sick of the doubt and we made it from the public house And still flink kids can't drink water from the fountain Don't fake fuck with me, been long since we started up Some people only fuck with you when you cardied up Art Doing good with that bullseye dirtied up I'ma just be real right here since we brought it up Used to be a team together, then we parted up Used to let them be around fake, then I smartened up Since then I shot for the stars and then I smartened up Now I'm in my studio making songs and they hard as fuck Close up, close up, close up, baby Let me hold some